A Proclamation of the Holy Gospel According to John Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of land that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, you have no bucket, and this well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and with his children and flocks drank from it? Everyone who drinks of this well will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them like a spring of water, gushing up to eternal life. Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband. You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know, while we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming, and is now here, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship God must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. I am the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came, and they were astonished that he was speaking with a woman, but no one asked, What do you want? or Why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. 
So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do you not say four months more, and then comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life so that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It's no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. The Gospel of the Lord. How many of you can remember where you met your spouse? Remember the day? The place? time of day? We're back in the Gospel of John for these three Sundays in Lent. In John's Gospel, there are seven signs. Seven, of course, is a whole number. Creation was completed on the seventh day. The first sign is in chapter 2. Water is turned into wine at the wedding feast at Cana. If you remember, there were six stone water jars used for purification. Israel thought of their relationship to God as a bride to a bridegroom. We never see the bridegroom at Cana, but John is suggesting that the one who provides the good wine is the real bridegroom. In chapter 3, abundant water is mentioned in connection with John the Baptist, who is baptizing with water. John the Baptist insists that he is not the Messiah. Instead, he calls himself the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoicing greatly at the bridegroom's voice. In chapter 4, we find Jesus sitting at Jacob's well. Jacob eventually becomes known as Israel. Everyone listening to Jesus knows that Jacob met his wife, Rachel, at a well. And you won't believe what time of day it was. Right in the middle of the day, the hour was about noon. So Jesus, the bridegroom, is looking for a bride. A good place to find a bride is at a well. They didn't have movie theaters or shopping centers or Starbucks, But everyone has to come to the well to drink. But why this woman? Why a Samaritan? In the verse just before today's gospel, we are told, Jesus left Judea and started back to Galilee, but he had to go through Samaria. Jesus literally crosses a geographical border 
when he goes from Judea to Samaria on his way to Galilee. He crosses ethnic, political, and religious borders as a Jew interacting with a Samaritan. In the text, John mentions that Jews and Samaritans do not share things in common. This is the understatement of the century. They are bitter enemies. Samaria was part of the northern kingdom that was invaded by the Assyrians a couple of centuries before. The southern kingdom, along with Jerusalem, was destroyed by the Babylonians. The Assyrians brought in immigrants to intermarry with the Samaritans. The immigrants came with their own religions and their own gods, probably five different idols. Samaritans were not considered faithful Jews because they also worshipped these five idols. Jesus had to go through Samaria because he is the fullness of God roaming the world looking for someone to receive it. God's desire is to gather all who are scattered. As Jesus says in John 12, verse 32, And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. When Jesus tells the Samaritan woman she has had five husbands, and the one with her now is not her husband, Jesus becomes her seventh and fulfilling bridegroom. Jesus is being connected to Yahweh, the bridegroom of ancient Israel. The woman leaves her water jar behind, just as the fishermen left their nets to become fishers of people. The six stone jars at Cana are now complete. The Samaritan woman leaves the seventh jar behind and runs to tell the people of her city about Jesus, the true living water. Jesus is again marked as the fulfilling bridegroom. His thirst is quenched through her witness. The whole city is making their way to him. She sows the seed that other disciples will harvest. In their thirst for water, the children of Israel grumbled in the wilderness, which exposed the deeper question, is God in our midst or not? The Samaritan woman came to the well because she was thirsty, and Jesus awakened in her the deeper thirst for the living God. As the poet writes in Psalm 42, As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. We find Jesus thirsting again at the hour of the cross. When Jesus knew that all was now finished, he said, I'm thirsty. So they put a sponge full of wine on a branch of hyssop and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the wine, he said, It is finished. Then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. They pierced his side, and water and blood flow out. This is a birthing image. On the cross, Jesus gives living water flowing from his side. Ten years ago today, the world met Pope Francis. Before the conclave began, Cardinal Bergoglio had spoken to the cardinals about his desire for the Church to become an evangelizing community. 
The church, he said, is called to come out of herself and to go to the peripheries, not only geographically, but also the existential peripheries, the mystery of sin, of pain, of injustice, of ignorance and indifference to religion, of intellectual currents, and of all misery. When the church does not come out of herself to evangelize, she becomes self-referential and then gets sick. Thinking of the next pope, Bergoglio said, he must be a man who helps the church to go out to the existential peripheries, that helps her to be the fruitful mother who gains life from the sweet and comforting joy of evangelizing. Pope Francis got this idea from Jesus, who had to go to Samaria, where he met a woman who was thirsty. The gift Jesus gave became in her a stream of water gushing up to eternal life. She had to go and tell others who came to see for themselves, and they told others, and now we too have heard for ourselves, and we know that this truly is the Savior of the world.